0: My guest this week on 52 Weeks of Why uh, is such a special person to me. And I want to get right into it because I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking and and kind of going through her why. Um, So my guest is Louise Saxton. Louise is a a fellow employee of Fairway Independent Mortgage. Um, And we met, I think going on eight years ago now, at an event that is um, signature to her as a person and her desire to serve. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that event as we go through. Uh, but first, Louise, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be on your show.
0: So, um, Louise, just a little bit about her. And I know we always discuss family, so I want to share that first. Um, Louise has been married for 37 years, has five daughters. Uh, which I can only imagine I, I had my two daughters we went for number three and we're like it's going to be another girl and we got our boy um, but I, I can't imagine the um, the sisterly love among the five daughters as they oh, yeah. grew up
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, 17 grandchildren six great-grandchildren um, the ages span from a couple months old for the great-grandchild to uh, in the hot uh, upper 40s uh, for one of her children um, and just a, just a huge family and family-oriented person. Um, she's from Louisiana, so you'll hear her accent as soon as we start rolling. Um, that's one of her more endearing qualities is, is her style of speech and the cadence to the way that she talks. Um, Louise is a longtime employee of Fairway like I am. Um, I think 20 years she's been with Fairway, um, and I'm going on year number 12. Uh, and as I said, avid reader um, reads more books. If I, I, my challenge is to try to find a book that she hasn't read. Um, and to date, in all of our years of friendship, I've only stumbled across one, which is really impressive. Um, Louise, a couple of quick background questions. So I want to get into the uh, American Warrior Initiative just a little bit before we go into your why. Um, So just share with us first how AWI came to be uh, conceptually and then how it got executed and where it is today.
1: Sure. Well, uh, it all goes back to 2005 and I had been with Fairway for about five years and Hurricane Rita came through central Louisiana, destroyed one of my husband's farming operations. He's a farmer and that one of those operations that provided us regular income. So uh, something had to be done. I was in a little town of Manny, Louisiana, uh, population 2,900, and I needed to, to get the money I needed to get to help our operation, to help our family. Through this time of rebuilding the farm, it was going to take a year, I was going to have to quadruple my business now you know what small towns look like william you're from a small town 2900 people i'm closing five to seven transactions a month which is probably pretty good for a you know a a town of 2900 so um i went south i knew there was a little town south well of course i knew it was a little town but i never did i didn't shop there i didn't go there very often but it was a military town and I thought, I bet they close a lot of transactions there. I bet the military—they move around a lot. Couldn't spell VA. I came down to Leesville, Louisiana. That's where my office is right now in Leesville, Louisiana. Came down here and just started to uh, I met a real estate agent who loved the military. She gave me an opportunity. I started closing two, four, six, eight, ten loans for 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 active duty military and literally fell in love with serving military clients. And what I began to realize was the challenges that our active duty military uh, go through. And I began to give back in some way. I We partnered with another nonprofit for a while, but then in 2011, uh, Steve Jacobson says, why don't you build this? And why don't you, you can teach all of the fairway people this, what you've learned, because that was my platform, is that they served us, and, and Steve Jacobson says it. He's the CEO of Fairway. They served us, now we serve them. Now, going back to my story, in in 52 days, and I love that you're doing 52 weeks, but I deal with 52 days at a time. By the way, there's seven 52-day periods in a year with one day left over, two this year for leap year. But what I did is I doubled my production within 52 days, and then I doubled it again in the next 52 days. So Quadruple well, my production, I wanted to give back. And then, Jake, Steve Jacobson says, build the nonprofit. We started to build it. And then we created this uh, platform where we would go into local branches and teach uh, local real estate agents continuing education. And I say we trick them into getting in the room because when they get in there, it's, we hope it's more than CE because I want to share with them the challenges that face our military when they come home from war. So that's been my passion for literally since 2005 when I ventured into this community and I didn't leave and uh, literally wanted to give back in some other way than just helping them get a mortgage because there's too many of our veterans that can't get a mortgage, but we need to help them in other ways.
0: Yeah, it's such a, um, as I've learned from you and as I've helped more veterans, there's there's a couple of running jokes that I have with veterans that I help with financing that their first year out is kind of this holy crap, I'm a civilian, right It's kind of this adjustment to being a civilian again um, and and then year two usually transitions into this what am I doing with my life um, because so many of them get jobs in the civilian workforce where um, they don't have the same work ethic and attitude towards work and and life mission with their work that they had in the service and so so many of them are wondering what they're doing with their life on year two and then by year three they're starting to settle back into um, civilian life and and relationships and friendships and rekindling um, the person that they they were and and are now that they have been separated from the service and it's you don't realize the challenges that they face after separation until you have at least a few conversations with a few veterans and hear um, the struggles that they have. And these are people who who are capable and did not suffer a disability as a result of their service. And so tell me with AWI, the American Warrior Initiative, um, we have, you have facilitated helping disabled veterans receive, uh, go into a little bit of detail about what what you're offering and how you're helping those veterans.
1: So let me, what just bouncing off what you just said, William, what I say is they're going through an identity crisis when they come home. Many of them left the military unwillingly. Uh, I have talked to too many that would have served for life. That was their calling, that's what they felt called to do. But because of an injury, they were discharged, and suddenly they are no longer a part of this tribe, army, navy, marine, air force, coast guard. They have been become injured, no fault of their own, and so it is finding themselves again, and that's what we do with the American Warrior Initiative. We say, find the need, fill the need. I would say it's, it's helped them as they're going through this identity crisis, to help them find their new why, their new purpose. You know, Sean Parnell travels with us, and you know him very well, and he is, Sean Parnell is a New York Times bestselling author, and also an Army Ranger, and also led a group of men uh, in Afghanistan for 485 days, and he talks about when he came home, it's like his mission was to serve, and then he comes home, and he's on disability, what does he do now? So for him, his new passion, what he discovered is that he still was created to serve. He just found a different way to do it. And I think that the American Warrior Initiative, if we can help these uh, young men and women, let me back up, if we can help these men and women, because it's not always the young. We have helped Vietnam veterans. We have helped World War II veterans. Find the need, fill the need. You know, um, my mission statement is making a difference in the lives of the people we serve. That That is our mission statement, but it truly is, I would say, my personal. Make a difference in the lives of the people I serve, whoever that may be. But I'm going to tell you the truth, William. We travel all the time. We go to 50 or 60 events a year, and when COVID-19 hit, um, I was thinking about it one morning, and I'm not a depressed person. And for me to even admit on a recording that I was leaning toward depression is a pretty big step for me. But I woke up one morning and I thought, I'm not going to travel this year. We're not going to go into all the branches. We're not going to. We would speak to thousands of people a year. We would rally them for the cause. We would um, bring communities together to support the local veterans. And suddenly I realized that um it was probably not going to happen in 2020 and that that sense of of um of loss of loss of i felt my mission and i lay there and as i reflected i thought what is my mission statement my mission is to make a difference in the lives of the people we serve my mission is to make a difference in the life of the people or the person i serve and i started thinking well that hasn't changed." The fact that I can't travel hasn't changed that one bit. I got up, my AWI team, they probably thought, What bit hurt? Because it's like I sent out an emails and get on a call. We got to get on a Zoom call. they think thinking there's an emergency. Get on there. I go, Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we do. I want every, here's what you're going to do this. I want you to call you and you. You call every one of the 200 veterans we've served in the last few years. Here's what we're going to do. Find out what they need. We're going to send them a $200 gift card because guess what? If we're feeling this way, they're feeling this way. Oh, by the way, of the hundreds, we've given away probably over a hundred service dogs. Those guys and gals are probably having a hard time feeding those dogs. You know what? We're going to send them a gift certificate for their dog food. Oh, by the way, send it out to the branch managers. And do you know what? All of a sudden, that darkness left me, uh, William, is that I realized no matter my circumstances, my mission has not changed. My why? To make a difference, you can strap me down, which they may sometime. They in the future may strap me down. My mission is going to be to make a difference, to make a difference in the lives of the people we serve. Who do we serve? We are serving the men and women who have served this country. And our mission of AWI hasn't changed. And you know what? It's been amazing that we've done three dogs just in the last few weeks. We don't have to have an event to tell a veteran, you know what? We're going to pair you with that dog. If we have an event later, that's, that's cool. But if we don't, that's cool too. It's not about the event. It's not about us traveling. It's not about we can do this with Zoom, we can do it via email, we can do it via text. We still reach out and help them now more than ever before, William, because uh, for our service members who have post-traumatic stress, this could be a dark time for them to not have any contact with people who had been there to encourage them to be alone, to be isolated. So all the more that my team is reaching out to the ones that we know and saying, we're here for you, what can we do?
0: So you had. Um, On your why, and I want to make sure I say it right, is it it just simply to make a difference? Is that uh, the summary or is there more to it than just to make a difference?
1: Make a difference. And whatever that looks like. You know what? We made a difference in the life of a World War II veteran who was living in the same house he was born and uh, met his niece. And she said his bathroom floor is literally caved in. He will not. He was 94 years old. He will not leave that house because he was born in that house. He said, I'm 94. I'm not leaving this house we spent $5,000, hired a carpenter, went in, and redid the floor. We made a difference for that World War II veteran. We have had veterans that are on the point of suicide, and we give them a dog, and they come to us and say, that dog saved my life. We made a difference for that person. Just this pat in the past two weeks, there was a veteran who had his own, you know, there's so many veterans that get out, and they're entrepreneurs, and they built these businesses that, guess what? They're going bankrupt right now. And so we got this notice of this, of this veteran who was losing it with his, we gave him a business grant to sustain him over the next couple of months. We made a difference. We, you know, our, I guess you would say our tagline, one of is find the need, fill the need, whatever the need is. Vietnam veteran, uh, get sent us a, a message. He was actually a real estate agent, but, he needed a walk-in bathtub. He, it was really unsafe for him to not have a walk-in bathtub. We paid for installation of the walk-in bathtub. I could tell you story after story. So it's find the need, fill the need, what can we do right now? Oh, one more thing. At Christmas, and this is not for veterans. This was active duty military. I became very good friends with a local military spouse, and she has an organization. I said, can you find me 100 military families who need help? Buying Christmas for their kids, and she said, "Are you kidding me?" She came back. She said, "Uh, "I've got 110." I said, "That's fine." We bought 110 Amazon gift cards because I didn't want to buy Christmas. I wanted them to be able to buy Christmas for their kids, and so we gave 110 families each a hundred dollar Amazon gift card we did it two weeks before Christmas so they could order and they could do Christmas for their family I had notes and letters from military families that said oh my god I didn't know what I was going to do until you stepped in so we made a difference for those families
0: if we look back at Weezy as a (laughs) eight-year-old do you think that this making a difference was something that was there when you were a child or do you think that this is something that you grew into have there been other iterations of your mission statement of your why um or or if you look back as far back as you can remember it's always been to make a difference
1: so when i was um 14 i had the opportunity i don't We have uh, the Louisiana Lions Camp close to us. And so Lions Camp's all over the world. So I actually applied with someone who was with the Lions Camp and said, could I work there the summer? Ended up working three summers at the Lions Camp. Where other people were doing, I was a counselor. Now the Lions Camp was for disabled children. So I would work from June through August. We made $25 a week. You stayed at the camp. And I had a troop of 10 to 12 students. 10 to, 10 to twelve campers. Many times, I might have four or five who were in wheelchairs. We would have a, a session to where there were twelve blind uh, campers. Our twelve. We had times where there were people who were who couldn't speak, who couldn't see, who couldn't hear. I learned Braille during that time when I was a teenager because I I had this friend who was blind, and he was so courageous. He would ride a bus to the camp get off and walk the mile from the main highway to the camp because he had this clicking noise that he could make with his mouth and he could judge like his steps and if there was anything in front of him i learned braille so he and i could communicate Um, i thought i wanted to be a special ed teacher that was you know i always thought i want to teach special ed it just didn't work out um my husband and i it's second marriages we both were married before he had children, I had children, and then we have one, so it just didn't work out that I was a special ed teacher, but I always felt like I wanted to be a teacher, and I wanted to be a motivational speaker, so my, my, <laughs> my nine-year-old granddaughter asked me the other day, she said, Nana, when you were a little girl, did you have a dream job that you wanted to do, and I said, you know what, I wanted to be a teacher, and I wanted to be a motivational speaker, and she said, isn't that what you do? And I said, Isn't, <laughs> Isn't
0: that what you are? Yes, yes it is what it you is. already do. And I
1: said, Do you have a dream job? And she said, I want to work for Fairway Mortgage. <laughs> so I said, Okay, girl, you can have it. You're hired. You're, you're not, but you're hired. So when I go back to that, um, William, and I go back to that time um I kept a journal I like read some of the stuff I wrote when I was eight or nine years old where my sisters and brother were dumb and they were causing too much trouble but I was always writing things down I want to be known as an author too that's one of the things that I'm still working on not a published book yet but will be but reading and reflecting and then teaching has been really my passion for as far back as I can remember
0: it's really cool to hear that. So when you are rising in the morning, waking up and, and and getting going for the day, how does that, is the mission statement a part of your morning routine? Uh, if so, how does that work its way in and how does it get the, the gears moving for the day?
1: Well, so I read the one-year Bible every morning. Um, I actually read it on my Kindle because I read it in the dark while I'm reading, while I'm My husband reads the one-year Bible. I read the one-year Bible, and we both read it while we're drinking a pot of coffee in the bed. Now, when he and I married 37 years ago, that's just one of the things. We drink coffee in bed, and we meditate each to our own, or we talk about. So there's a time after we read where we'll, if there's anything to discuss, we'll discuss. We kind of, after 37 years of waking up in the mornings, we have those rituals. But I read the one-year Bible, and then uh, that sets the day. I actually feel... And, um, you know, everyone's faith is personal, but for me, when I read the one-year Bible, and that's just a way you can read through the Bible in a year, a portion of the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, and the Proverbs, I feel like that's God speaking to me for that day. So I'm getting wisdom from above, from the divine, early in the day. Now after I get up and I I prepare my husband's breakfast as I have for all 37 years of our marriage then I go and I journal a bit. I go into my I have a dressing area and a place and I'll journal a little bit in a in a paperback bible and I will journal just a little bit. Write down a few things that had struck me that morning, make no notations in the Hardback Bible. And then uh, a couple of inspirational uh there's times I read at night. Let me go back. So my rituals are a.m. and PM at night I read. In the morning I'll read. Um, and then there'll always be something I highlight on my Kindle that I'm gonna write down that is going to be, you know, something I think about. I, I tend to take things that I read and then I try to Almost like break them down into what does that mean to me? You know, um, the the daily start this week. I actually printed it out. I had sent a, the quote to Sarah, and I go, but the last part of the quote was better than the first part. Um, it may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work, and when we no longer know which way to go, we have begun our real journey, and that was. That was daily start. But the next sentence was the mind that is not baffled is not employed. The impeded stream is the one that sings. And that for me was the mind that is not baffled is not employed. I don't have to have it all figured out. It's like, this is a challenge for the day. Um, we get to wanting easy when really we should be stretching and moving and trying new things and reading books. You know, I, 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 um, I like to read books about stuff that, you know, I know you do too, William things I don't understand and I'll read a book about it and then I'll read another book about it. And I'll try to understand the part that I don't understand the mind that is not baffled is not employed. I want my mind employed.
0: I love that. I think that that so many people that have a a powerful mission statement, a powerful why there is a part of their routine that solidifies that why, whether it's in the morning or it's in the evening. it's something that is that is emphasized and reiterated and revisited uh, almost on a if not on a daily basis sometimes multiple times per day um so When you are working through that, that being a difference, making a difference, is there a point when you feel like you will have accomplished that? Why? Or do you feel that that is something that is you will there will never be a day when you say I did it, um, that it's just something that will continue forever?
1: I actually think it's a journey. I think it's a journey. I don't think there's a destination. There can never be a point where, well, you know what? We have helped every veteran. We have helped every service member. I've helped all my grandchildren. I've helped my husband. I've helped my pastor. I've helped my friends. I think we just do what we can do for that day and that we can lay our head on the pillow at night and think this was a good day. It doesn't have to be a check and it's and it's done. It's just, a, it's a journey. It's a journey, and that's what giving back is. It's a journey. There's never a point, well, I've done all I can do today. I can. I mean, you know, I've done all I can do for my life. No, it's a journey.
0: Yeah, I think that um, there, there's a quote that's something along the lines of is, the future isn't somewhere we're going. It's something that we're creating, right? And every day we, we make an effort to create that future um, and make it into the things that we want or don't want on both sides. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Just that um, what you just said is that wherever people are wanting to go, they have to change their 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 physical mind to to discipline themselves to go there. So, you know, a lot of times people hear a podcast or listen to it and think, "Yeah, but I could not do that." You can do whatever you have set your mind to do, and there are there's a calling out there that that. You know that is calling you and it shouldn't be your work it should be your calling and that is the work that you need to fulfill um for for the world for the universe.
0: Louise thanks so much for your time thanks for sharing your why um I know that that it's powerful and I know that that the work that you do helps so many people I mean you're you are a, a testament to your mission statement uh, AWI is a testament to that the way that you serve within your community uh, and within your circle of friends and with your family. Uh, every day that that I've interacted with you, I there was no question in my mind what your why was going to be long before you articulated it because you you exemplify it uh, in all of your actions. And, and I just wanna share that with you because it, it means a lot and it means a lot for me to be able to call you a friend.
1: Thank you, William, and I appreciate all the hard work. I appreciate your, You're sharing and giving to so many people in the industry. You are appreciated. Thank you.